It is the reversal of all that is broken, all that is fractured, out of place, of all that is wounded or ill. With every single healing miracle and demonic force or presence cast away, Jesus is demonstrating His absolute authority over anything that compromises or conflicts with the kingdom of God. Jesus goes about restoring that which sin has corrupted. Wherever Jesus went, His words and actions gave foretastes of His coming kingdom, a kingdom of love, a kingdom of justice, a kingdom of peace, a kingdom completely free of physical ailments, disabilities and complications, a kingdom where the evil one has zero influence, zero control and zero reign. Whilst not exclusively, Jesus' miracles can be predominantly broken into three general categories. Physical healings, which we would have to say would have a subcategory of raising people from death. Demonic exorcisms, casting out demons who have a stronghold over a person. And thirdly, nature miracles, such as when Jesus calmed the storm. In each of these situations, Jesus is in effect crossing a boundary of some kind of description in a supernatural way. In Matthew chapter 8, we see Jesus crossing a range of different boundaries to bring the kingdom of God to bear in a range of different circumstances and situations. In verses 1 to 4, he heals a man with leprosy. In this instance, he is crossing the purity boundary. In verses 5 to 13, he heals the centurion's servant, crossing the ethnic boundary, as both the centurion and his servant were Gentiles. In verses 14 to 15, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, a woman, crossing the gender boundary. Furthermore, in verses 28 to 34, he restores two demon-possessed men crossing a spiritual boundary. All of these miracles in Matthew chapter 8 are to the marginalized. Jesus prioritizes the outcast. Jesus' healing of Peter's mother-in-law is one of his early miracles, and according to Mark's gospel, the first healing of a woman. Matthew and Luke's gospel also insightfully inform us that Jesus and some of his disciples had just come from the synagogue, indicating that it was indeed a Sabbath. And this is further confirmed by the multitude of crowds. In fact, one of the gospels says the whole town came to receive healing from Jesus when the sun went down, meaning that the Sabbath had concluded. Peter had a mother-in-law, confirming for us that he was married. 
Paul further clarifies this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5, where he writes, Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us, as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas? Even though the text offers no details as to the name of Peter's wife or details of their marriage, it's pretty safe to assume they had a family, they had children. And what we can appreciate from this text is that Peter was a family man. This helps humanise him, doesn't it? The normal demands and responsibilities of running a small business, nurturing a marriage, feeding hungry mouths, is normalised in the disciple, Peter. Part of Peter's appeal as a disciple, I think, is how accessible and how relatable he is to many of us. Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 to 17, in particular, takes us into an intimate scene inside a family home. Now, family homes looked quite different to what they do today. There might be several generations living within one very large place. But nevertheless... It was a family home. And even though Jesus has become hugely popular, and by this stage in his ministry is attracting large crowds, this is a miracle performed in the privacy of a family home for a woman who clearly demonstrates, this clearly demonstrates that Jesus is not seeking fame. He is not seeking attention. He does not desire media headlines. Jesus' healings are not for the show. This is a miracle performed behind closed doors. With a simple touch of her hand, Peter's mother-in-law is completely free, completely healed from what Luke refers to as some kind of high fever, probably a malaria of sorts, that has her bedridden. The healing is instant and complete. So much so that she is able to get up and prepare a meal and serve her guests. Peter's mother-in-law didn't ask to be healed. There is no account of her needing to demonstrate any kind of faith in Jesus. She was nothing less than the recipient of God's amazing love, grace and compassion exercised through Jesus. The kingdom of God had broken into her world and broken into her life, in her home. The presence of Jesus presupposes the kingdom of God and healing itself is the presence of the kingdom. Wherever Jesus is, Healing is. Peter is silent in this account. He says or does nothing. He is simply a witness to the miracle that Jesus performs. It would appear that with every passing day, Peter, among the other disciples, is going to witness some amazing, jaw-dropping miracles. 
Peter the disciple had a front seat view of the ministry of Jesus. And what a ride it would be. The things he had was and would continue to witness would leave very little room for him to wonder who in fact Jesus was. Here's a thought. Peter witnessed before he was a witness. Peter witnessed before he was a witness. And in this case, what he witnessed was highly personal. The healing of a close family member. Jesus was not healing the multitudes as he would later that day. Jesus is healing the one. And the one happened to be his very own mother-in-law. I can only imagine how supportive Peter's wife would have been at this point for her husband to follow the master. As you would know, the Gospels are just littered with the miracles of Jesus, and in particular, his healing miracles and his healing ministry. No one Jesus touched was left unhealed. No one who touched Jesus desiring healing was unhealed. According to Matthew 8:16, he healed all who were ill. How does this relate to Peter and knowing Jesus? Peter knew Jesus as healer. Therefore, Peter was able to witness for Jesus as healer. Now, I might be wrong, but I can't recall an occasion in Scripture where Peter himself required physical healing. But was Jesus Peter's healer? You bet he was. I might be wrong, but I can't recall an occasion in Scripture where David, king of Israel, required physical healing. And yet David records in Psalm 103 verse 3 that the Lord forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. David knew the Father heart of God was to bring complete physical, mental, emotional and spiritual healing to all who call upon his name. And I would argue that Peter would wholeheartedly agree. The reference to Isaiah 53 verse 4, he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases, highlights that Jesus was fulfilling what had been foretold of the Messiah. The Isaiah passage continues in verse 5 by saying, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. More than anything else, the thing we all need healing from is our sin. Whilst physical healing brings temporal relief, 
we will get sick again. We will all eventually die as this earthly body shuts down. No one who Jesus healed during his earthly ministry is still alive today. As I suggested earlier, the healing miracles of Jesus' earthly ministry were a foretaste, a preview of sorts of what the coming kingdom where Jesus reigns looks like, where there is no sickness, a kingdom where there is no disease, and a kingdom where there is no death. Both Isaiah the prophet and David the psalmist acknowledge the primacy of spiritual healing, namely the removal of sin that creates a barrier between us and God over physical healing. One is far superior than the other. Spiritual healing is eternal. However, physical healing in this life is temporal. Jesus likewise demonstrates this when he forgives people like the paralyzed man let down through the roof. He forgives this man and others their sins before he goes on to bring and exercise physical healing. Unlike physical healing, which is a mystery, sometimes granted, other times delayed, spiritual healing is available 100% of the time to anybody who acknowledges their sin and confesses their need for a saviour. That all being said, God's design and perfect will entails healing in every sense of the word. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, wholeness and well-being is what God ultimately desires for all his children. So can we expect to receive physical healing today? Certainly. And many of us do. Some through God-given medical assistance. Some through our God-given immunity. Some through supernatural intervention. Sometimes the miracles God works are seemingly small and performed in the privacy of closed doors. Other times, they will be more public and visible. Whether we see it or not, God is constantly at work in each of our lives. Healing, as we see in this short text, is a gift from God, ministered by Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Healing comes not through our compassion or the power of our prayers, but through the compassion of Jesus and the grace of God. Healing is a grace that will at times seize our worlds, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. We have no idea when God might intervene and answer our prayers for healing. 
We have no idea why sometimes our prayers seem to go unanswered. Whatever our experience of healing may be, we must always leave room for God's mystery, the mystery of God's ways. Some things will always remain unexplained. Why God does or does not choose to heal is ultimately subject to His wisdom and His sovereign purposes. Why God chooses to heal in part and not in whole, uh, or now or later, uh, for this person but not that person, is often beyond our capacity to comprehend or understand. But we need to resist to replace, sorry, we need to resist the tendency to replace divine mystery with human formulas. There is no reason why God can't bring healing to His people here today. There is no reason why God can't bring healing to you, my friend, today. There is no reason why His Spirit could not come in power and minister the presence of Jesus in an unprecedented, significant way. So let me ask you, what kind of healing do you need? Do you need spiritual healing? Your sins forgiven? Do you need to be washed clean from the stain of a life lived with your back turned to God? Perhaps you need revival from an apathetic, inactive faith. Do you need emotional or mental healing? Do you need a breakthrough in your mind, the thoughts, feelings, Memories or habits that have you bound to a destructive and disabling merry-go-round that never seems to end? Do you need a breakthrough in your heart? Have you grown bitter and cold toward others? Do you harbour resentment and unforgiveness that is eating you up inside and robbing your joy? Do you need physical healing? Is there a condition or a symptom that you continue to battle with? Our role is to pray with and for those who need to receive a touch of God's healing hand and leave the outcome to God. He knows what He is doing. And he is in control. This morning, immediately after our service, there will be a time for healing prayer. I will avail myself and other members of the prayer team will be available for you to simply come forward and let us pray for you for wherever you need healing to come and seize a situation in your life. And I would invite the rest of us to be sensitive 
to the needs of our brothers and sisters, to be mindful of this holy moment, this sacred space. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward now. I'm going to lead us in a short collective communal prayer. Then we're going to sing. During that song, by all means, you please feel welcome to come forward. Otherwise, just wait until the song's finished and members of the prayer team will avail themselves up the front here. And I just invite you to come forward and we would love to pray with you. God is here. Jesus is here. His Holy Spirit is here. There is no reason why God cannot bring healing. There is no reason why God cannot help you move a step forward on your journey towards healing today. Let me lead us in a prayer. Stand with me. I just invite you to uh, just to open your hands just like this, just as a a sign, a, a, a physical sense of just being open to God, of just being open to receiving from His Holy Spirit. I invite you to lead your posture to then lead your heart. Jesus, with just one touch from your almighty creative hand, you have healed the sick and raised the dead. How amazing is your lordship over all the earth. How powerful is your redeeming love. How great was your sacrifice to go before us and bring forgiveness and hope. And by your stripes, Lord, we are asking this morning for healing. Standing within your reign and rule, we ask for restoration. May life and wellness and wholeness grow in completeness until it overflows in each one of us who calls on you by name. Amen.